Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, located in Dover, New Jersey. Our desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application for our lives. With that in mind... Grace is about Jesus Christ and what he did, and it is available and offered to all, even those, especially those who feel like they're barren, who feel like they're empty, who feel like they have done things so bad, I can't believe I sent my husband to that woman. To those who feel like they are a complete failure in God's eyes, God says, no, perfect candidate. In this life, we all experience failure, hurt, and disappointment. Perhaps the Lord wants us to ask ourselves in an honest and soul-searching way, what happens to our faith in those times? Our gracious Lord would not minimize our pain and suffering, but he also uses these times to take the opportunity to invite us to greater intimacy with him and trust in him. Whether you're going through a tough time or you just need to be prepared for one, The Lord has some gracious things to show you today. Let's join Pastor Jim at the end of Galatians chapter 4 to hear more from the Lord. So the gospel is not that we attain righteousness by human effort. Rather, like the birth of Isaac, we receive salvation supernaturally by the grace of God through faith because of the cross of Christ. Abraham needed to go back to that. For a time, for a season, he forgot. And the Galatians forgot too. And probably many of us have forgotten that as well. Because it is so easy, since we spend so much time with ourselves all day, it is so easy to go back to the law, to think I'm doing pretty good, pretty bad. Remember, we are so inconsistent. But thank God that he is not. He is very consistent. You say, is that really true? Well, think about it. How easy it is it for you and for me to put our identity in what we do instead of Jesus Christ? And if you put your identity, that's why you have to guard your identity in Jesus Christ so carefully. I always tell people, Jim gets up at 5.15. Pastor Jim doesn't get up until 7. Okay? I do not allow him to exist until 7, 6.30 on Fridays because he wants to have a decent Saturday. Because it is so important not to lose our identity in who we are in Christ. You know, gosh, get up in the morning, have some a bunch of things to pray for, just not for yourself, but people you know, and the church, and the country, and missionaries, and, and the work of God, and, and people you know that you want to see come to faith, and read your Bible, and 
and be quiet and listen for the voice of God and let your identity be in who you are, Christ in you. You are in Christ and he is in you. Because if you don't do that, your identity will become in what you do instead of Jesus. And before you know it, it happens so quickly. You know, I estimate the typical person falls away from following Jesus when they miss church three weeks. That's about all it takes. It's about all it takes. And it's so easy to put your identity in what you're doing and before you know it, your experience of the grace of God and the love of God is fading. That does not mean you don't address your problems. That does not mean you don't work hard. I think as Christians, we should be the hardest workers of all. I think our work, we should be doing to the best of our ability, and nobody should be able to question that. But it's very easy for the grace of God and the love of God to fade. Now, some of you still look a little skeptical. Let me give you a test. How do you feel when you're criticized? Ooh, under the law. How do you feel when you're passed over for something? You're saying, oh, Lord, I'm doing this all for you. And then you're passed over for that promotion. Or you're passed over for that raise or for that bonus or for that position. Or something else happens. That guy or that girl you wanted to marry, married somebody else, anything like that happens. When those things happen to you, you have a business deal that goes south. If your kids are not going the way you would want them to go. Are these things completely devastating you and taking you out of the game? Honestly, do the opinions of others matter more than the opinions of God? I'm not saying these things don't hurt. I'm not saying they're not real. But for a follower of Jesus, just like we talked about suffering last week, these are invitations to trust in God. And when you can rest in the middle of such hurt, in the middle of such heartache, in the middle of such sorrow, when you can rest in the sovereign plan of God, that's a sign to you that you're under the grace of God, that you're walking in grace. That's why he says Jerusalem is free. They're down there spinning their wheels in Jerusalem, trying to do everything for God, thinking God's so happy with what they're doing. And God is like, that is not making me happy at all. Read your Bible. Think. Remember we talked about last weekend? Think. That doesn't please me. But a true follower of Jesus, a true church, born of the Holy Spirit, born of the grace of God and the promise of God, received by faith, can walk in the newness of life. Again, Abraham acted in the flesh with Hagar. He relied on the flesh, which we would call works, to get the promises of God. 
he suffered from what we call self-savior syndrome. He thought by doing it himself, he could make it happen. And while the Jews are claiming Abraham as their father, the Apostle Paul is saying to them, you're actually missing the main point. The main point when it comes to grace versus works, when it comes to old covenant versus new, when it comes to law versus freedom in Christ, is this, not who's your father, who's your mother. Is it Sarah or is it Hagar? That's the question. Are you trying to attain the promises of God? Are you trying to attain your salvation by your own works or by the grace of God? And that will determine whether you are a slave or you are free. The Apostle Paul's answer to the false teachers is dynamite. He says to them, when you are mixing works with grace, that you are your mother is actually the slave woman. Now, true faith works. That's clear. The book of James is very clear about that. But we are not saved by our works. They come out of our faith. They come out of our salvation. So he's saying to them, your mother is actually the slave woman. You are slaves of the flesh because you have self-savior syndrome. Why are you going to heaven? I'm a good person. Self-savior syndrome. Why are you going to heaven? I go to church. I read the Bible. Self-savior syndrome. You're going to heaven. I don't believe. I believe in something different happens when you die. Self-savior syndrome. So the question for all of us is, who are we? Ishmael or Isaac? Are we born of the flesh? Or are we supernaturally born? Are we part of the old covenant? Or are we part of the new covenant in Jesus Christ? Are we part of the earthly Jerusalem that's running around, scurrying around, trying to make their father happy? Or are we part of heavenly Jerusalem? That comes down to how do we perceive God as father? I, you know, for years when my kids were all living at home, I would leave and I would be so homesick. I get homesick very bad. It's really weird because I'm, I seem to be a very independent, outgoing kind of person, but I get terribly homesick. And I call home and it's obvious I miss them way more than they miss me. <laughs> Never once did I say to my kids, a lot of times, you know, I'd get on the phone and say, how's it going? You're not going to believe what your son did. Now, if you don't know, I have two sons, so I won't throw them under the bus. Say, well, put the little one on the phone because <laughs> I always knew which one it was, the one who's just like his father. But I would never say to my kids, never. I'm only coming home if you behave. Never. Because I was dying to get home to my kids. That's the new Jerusalem. That's the heavenly Jerusalem. That's not, if you obey, I will love you. That's, we love, therefore we obey. And so who are we? Or he's even saying to these guys, are you even Christians? 
This is the essence and danger of religion. Religion says, and I don't care, people say, oh, I'm not religious. And then you ask them a little in-depthly and you're saying, no, you are religious. You're just not Christian or, you know, one of the world religions, but you have your own self-saver syndrome. This is the danger of religion. It's I can do it. I don't need the supernatural grace of God. I can do this. That is very, very dangerous. But it's also the good news of the gospel. Having left Sinai, having left works, we are offered a home in the heavenly Jerusalem by grace. And we grab it through faith. It is an offer made to those who are hopeless, like Sarah was. It is an offer made to those who are spiritually barren, like that's the word that they use for a woman back then who couldn't have a child. They say she was barren. That's the hope. The gospel offer is made to the spiritually barren. That's the good news of the gospel that is made to all of us who have nothing to offer to God. We have nothing. People say to me, oh, you know, did you contribute anything to your salvation? The only thing I can say is I brought the sin. That's the, <laughs> B-Y-O-S, bring your own sin. <laughs> right? That's it. There's nothing to offer God. It's only grace to be received. In that culture, having kids was everything. Sarah was a failure in the eyes of many, but in the eyes of God, a perfect candidate for supernatural grace. Perfect candidate. So the Apostle Paul's point to the Galatian churches are clear. Come back to Christ. Trust him again. Not your religious efforts. And the more you trust Christ, the more you love Christ, the more you walk in the power of the Spirit, you become a buzzsaw for the kingdom of God because you just can't wait to serve him. Paul's saying, come back to the supernatural son of the promise, Jesus Christ, because he was even more miraculously born than Isaac. He was born of a virgin. Verse 27, for it is written... And he quotes Isaiah 54.1. Notice how we're running into our friend Isaiah all over the place in the New Testament. Writing to the Babylonian, remember writing ahead of time to the Babylonian exiles. Rejoice, O barren. Again, that's the word that the Bible uses for women like Sarah. That's how the people who were taken away in exile, the people in exile in Babylon felt they were barren. They felt like they were nothing. They had been forgotten by God. And I'm sure that's how Sarah felt, that she was forgotten by God. Rejoice, O barren, you who do not bear. In Sarah's case, it was children. Break forth and shout, you who are not in labor, for the desolate has many more children than she who has a husband. And they would have many more children. Descendants, their great descendant would be the Lord Jesus Christ. And all of those who put their trust in him are all the descendants, like the, as many as the stars that were promised to Abraham. Legalism is about you and your performance. 
that you have to do a certain amount of things to get to God. That to me, that view takes such a low view of the holiness of God. I mean, that's just ridiculous. That's equating God to being like us. No, no, God is so holy. That's why he requires perfection. Legalism is about you and your performance. Grace is about Jesus Christ and what he did. And it is available and offered to all, even those, especially those who feel like they're barren, who feel like they're empty, who feel like they have done things so bad, I can't believe I sent my husband to that woman. To those who feel like they are a complete failure in God's eyes, God says, no, perfect candidate, because you know who you are. That's why we say to people on drugs and alcohol, man, don't you dare give up. You know who you are. You know who you are. You have no pretensions that you are this wonderful thing. That's why so many people who come out of such checkered paths make such great Christians because they know who they were. They're not putting on any airs about it. They're not trying to pretend that they were not something, that they were all together. People who think that they can attain heaven without the grace of God, without the cross of Christ, because they're good, because they're moral, because they're successful, are rejecting the gospel. That is a blatant rejection of the gospel of God. Each culture has what it values as people who have arrived. In Sarah's life, it was kids. For some people, it still is. For some people, it's money. For some people, it's physical appearance. It can be anything. People just want, if I get this, then I will have arrived. But the gospel promises true success, not one that changes with the winds of culture, not one that changes from one country to the next or one stage of life to the next. The gospel promises true success. It promises true value. It promises true worth and the love of God for all people who see how barren they really are and call upon the name of the Lord. Verse 28, he applies it to the Galatians and all believers. Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are children of the promise. We are children of what? Supernatural grace. Verse 29, but as he who was born according to the flesh then persecuted him who was born according to the spirit, even so it is now. So you can read about it in Genesis 21. Ishmael was a teenager, Isaac was a baby, and Ishmael was persecuting Isaac. And I think the point he's making here is, you guys, you false teachers, you religious people are persecuting those who are born by the Spirit of God. Still true, still true. There's so much damage done to true believers in this world at the hands of nominal believers. Verse 30, nevertheless, what does the scripture say? He says, this is what we are to do in this situation. The scripture said it. Cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. You see, the Jews thought that they were rejected because they were non-Jews because of Hagar 
being a non-Jew, but the Apostle Paul is saying that they were rejected because they were unbelievers. Verse 31, so then brethren, those who put their trust in Christ, those who embrace the truth of the gospel, are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. Now, here's something that was true in Abraham's day, true certainly in Jesus and the apostles' day, ours too. You can count on religious people and you can count on the people of the flesh to persecute those who believe in the gospel of grace. You can count on it. You hear it from your family all the time. Are you saying what we raised you in was not right? You know, are you saying I'm not going to heaven? Yet here you see those that rely on the flesh, those that rely on their own opinions, those who rely on their own quote-unquote good works and rituals apart from faith are not part of the heaven-bound people of God. It has been well said, the greatest enemy of the believing church is the unbelieving church. We have more to fear, not that we should fear, but we should expect a greater attack from those who claim to be Christians who are really not than those who claim to be pagans. And you probably notice it's a lot easier to engage them in conversation. Why? Why would people be like this? Well, one thing is they are very defensive when you attack their self-righteousness. When you go after somebody's self-righteousness, don't they, man, see the hair up back up on the back of their neck and they are ready for a fight, man. There's a growling. Oh, no. Oh, no. Why is that? I think it's because they're insecure in their position with God. They're insecure in their standing with God. They're hoping it's good enough. And the way they do it, the way they get rid of you, is to mock you and to argue with you. But isn't that exactly how the religious leaders treated Jesus? Isn't that exactly what they did? He's on the cross. Oh, he saved many if he can't, you know, but he can't save himself. No, by staying up on the cross, that's how he saved many. You're the son of God. Come down from that cross. Well, because he was the son of God, he stayed up on the cross. They had Jesus nailed to the cross. That was God's plan. Why? So the promises of God could belong to us, but not because of good works, but not because of rituals but not because of morality. And all those things are fine and well, and they're all good. But Jesus was treated that way because the cross of Christ is how our salvation was purchased. Therefore, it's so important that we continue to trust and follow the Lord Jesus. So where does one start? Well, they start in the same place that they continue. They realize that we are the people who are desolate. We are the people who are spiritually barren. And only the cross of Christ and the Spirit of God who comes to us through the Word of God can change that by trusting in the promised Son, not the Son of the flesh, not the Son of works, 
but by trusting in the, the miraculous promised son, you and I become sons and daughters of the promise. And it is for that freedom we have been set free. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you for joining us on today's edition of Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Dover, New Jersey. Would you like to hear this message again? Simply log on to our website, www.changedbyloveradio.com. There, you can listen to archive broadcasts, load our mobile app, as well as listen to Pastor Jim's easy-to-follow, verse-by-verse teaching on much of the Bible. You can also request a CD of this message in its original, unedited form on our website. If you would prefer to write to us, our address is Changed by Love, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. That's Changed by Love, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. Or you can give us a call at 973-659-3380. Once again, that's 973-659-3380. Changed by Love is sponsored by listeners like you. We are so thankful for your continued support and prayers that allow us to bring our show to you on this station. Make sure you tell your friends and family about Changed by Love on this station, as well as how to listen to Pastor Jim on our website and mobile app. In the next edition of Changed by Love, Pastor Jim will continue teaching through God's Word. Glance at the clock right now, and please make plans to join us next time to be encouraged, comforted, and challenged by the Word of God. You are all a blessing to us. We hope to see you next time here on Changed by Love.